We're back. <laughs> Did you miss us? I missed us. I missed us too. I miss doing this. Yeah, I, I. This is like weird to say, but I also miss like you. I mean, we text every day, <laughs> but like we haven't like talked since we've gone on hiatus. So yeah, that's true. It's been like a month since we've talked out loud to one another. Yeah. So welcome back to why haven't you watched that? The spooky month, spooptober. <laughs> extravaganza edition yes and there are, there's three tuesdays this month so you guys get an extra movie this yeah. month from us which is cool and they're all ones i haven't seen because i'm not i've never really been into horror films and so i haven't seen a lot of them yeah so i when i was a kid was not i was into horror like, I would write really scary stories, and I liked reading scary stories, but I didn't like watching the movies, because I think for me, the worst part were the sound effects and the implications in a lot of horror movies, and my imagination went wild. Aww. Like, when my parents would put me to bed, and I'd hear them, like, with the TV on, watching stuff, I would, like, create stuff in my head. It was so much worse than what was actually going on in the movie. So I, I was yeah, really I think, scared of them. <laughs> yeah, I think kids do that a lot. I also think it's something humans do in general. We kind of, like, overblow things in mm-hmm. our own heads, and then it's like, if there's a way to, like, rewatch the footage, so to speak, it's like, oh, that actually wasn't that bad after all. <laughs> yeah. But, like, to, to just kind of exemplify how much of a baby I was about, like, gore and stuff... The first time that I watched Clue, which, as we all know, is a comedy, (laughs) which I love that movie now, obviously, but the first time I watched it, I got up in the middle of the night dry heaving, imagining blood that wasn't even in the movie, (laughs) like implied blood because there were murders, (laughs) and I was like dry heaving thinking about it, and my parents were like, what is wrong with you? Stop being a baby. (laughs) I mean, not really, but yeah. Yeah. I feel like stuff like that has happened to me, but I can't think of anything specific right now, unfortunately. Yeah. I have become so desensitized, like, not even through watching horror, but watching stuff like Game of Thrones or whatever. Yeah. When I go back and watch movies that are from farther back, it's not as intense anymore. And I watched A Nightmare on Elm Street for the first time when I was in high school, maybe, and I was like, this actually holds up. Like, a movie from the 80s, it's actually, like, pretty scary, but not, yeah. like, like, not too scary, you know? Yeah, it's not scary in, like, a super exaggerated kind of way. Yeah. Like, I don't watch a lot of horror, especially the bit where she's, like, levitating off the bed. Yeah. It, I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> and I'm imagining, like, being in the audience, uh, seeing this for the first time in 1984 when this came out. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it's it's wild. <laughs> yeah, it was actually shot in, I think, 32 days in 1984 and released the same year. Wow, nice. Yeah. Good job, Wes Craven. <laughs> yeah. The, the joke at one point, Nancy, that's her name, right? Yeah. I just first... I, was gonna say Heather because that's I, her I real name. I kept forgetting her name as well. <laughs> Nancy <so>. Thompson. <laughs> uh, I was gonna say Heather Langenkamp because that's her her actress name. The actress was twenty when they filmed it, so when she looks in the mirror and says, "Oh God, I look twenty years old," that's like a little <laughs> fun joke. 
Because <laughs> I think they're supposed to be 15 or 16 in the movie. But yeah, that scene that you mentioned, they actually built a set upside down and had to nail everything to the floor and they had the boyfriend like in a harness on the ground. Wow. So they were actually like dragging her around and it looks like it's the ceiling, but it's not. They like turned the whole set upside down. And I think they did something similar with the waterbed scene as well. They had the set kind of upside down and poured the liquid the other way. So it looks like it's bursting up at the ceiling. Nice. Lots of practical effects in old horror movies. Like if you want really awesome practical effects and movie magic, horror movies are where it's at back in the day at least. A lot of the time now they use way too much CGI and it yeah. always looks worse. <laughs> yeah, that, that's what I was about to say. Like it definitely looks a lot better when it's practical effects. Like it looks really realistic mm -hmm. when all that stuff was going on in this movie. And I was like, this is fucking freaky shit. <laughs> yeah. Like the scratches that appear and everything. Yeah. The blood bursting under the sheets. There is a remake of this movie from 2010. Yes. And I've I've owned it either since Blockbuster went under or since Movie Stop bought all of Blockbuster's stock that wasn't bought when they went under because the disc I have is a Blockbuster disc. Yeah, Blockbuster was definitely still around in 2010. I know because my mom worked at Blockbuster. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember her still working there when I was 20, so... Yeah. We had ours for a little bit longer than a lot of other areas, I think. But um, I, I owned it for so long and never watched the remake. And finally watched it a month ago, and it was so bad. Like, Nancy <laughs> is hardly a character until the end. There is horrible special effects there's all these extra characters that just are stupid and they all make stupid decisions which is like not really a thing that happens in the original yeah and the story is very different um like not completely different obviously but it's it's different enough it's not it's just not scary as much it's just kind of like ew because like in this one, he is a child murderer, and it's implied that he was a molester as well. Yeah. Uh, but they didn't actually put that in the movie because there was a bunch of really highly publicized cases about somebody that was a sexual predator in, in California at the time, and Wes Craven didn't want to, like, capitalize on that. Yeah. So he left that call. part out. <laughs> but in the 2010 remake, he's just straight up a pedophile. Wow. So. Yikes. Yeah. I also, I mean, obviously I haven't seen any of the sequels to this movie, but I just, I, from what little I've seen of the sequels, they kind of cast uh, Freddy Krueger as kind of more, like, comical yeah. than he is in this one. In this one, he isn't really a character so much, but it seems like he, they gave him more of one in the subsequent sequels. Yeah, I haven't actually seen the sequels myself, but um, I bought them when I bought this original one because I wanted them all. So I'm going to watch the sequels soon. But yeah, I know that, like, as is the case with a lot of slasher movies, each sequel just kind of gets more and more ridiculous. Yeah, it does seem to be the running theme. <laughs> yeah. Because they I think, just give less and less of a shit as yeah. time goes on. Or, like, they just, uh, they try to go, like, crazier with the kills, and sometimes the setups for them are just completely unbelievable and comical, and it just 
doesn't really work. And the whole, like, bringing the character back to life each time, obviously, is, yeah. you know, not gonna work always. We haven't done the intro. <laughs> oh, that's okay. Yeah, um, okay. So, I'm Lita. I'm Jackie. And this is Why Haven't You Watched That? I just thought of something that was in my little brain, and oh, the sequels are probably worse because I don't believe that Wes Craven was involved in any of them, but that's not really giving him that much credit because he was involved with the werewolf movie Cursed, starring Christina Ricci, Jesse Eisenberg, Milo Ventimiglia, and the lady whose name I always forget. (laughs) I was just talking about this, uh... (laughs) Like, like uh, last week with uh, my friend Rose, who is uh, slated to be a guest on this podcast at some point, how she saw it and she had to, like, write a review of it for uh, her college's blog and yeah. how awful it was. <laughs> See, the thing is, it's awful, yes, but it is kind of fun. Like, it's, it's meant to be fun and awful and campy, but, well, like, they kind of missed the mark on like the intentional campiness i think in that movie like they it wasn't far enough you know what i mean yeah also i think that ron swanson has a bit part in that movie when i (laughs) rewatched it i think it's someone like him at least if it's not him um i think the thing with the sequels too i read that like the ending uh, was different originally, and how it was actually just all supposed to be a dream. But then they're like, mm-hmm. "No, we need to have the opportunity for sequels, so we're gonna make it." And uh, he's still there, and it's not a dream, but it is. Yeah, a, yeah. <laughs> I was gonna ask you how you felt about the ending because you I, said I, you liked I it. Right? Didn't. I didn't. It was honestly like confusing. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm like I don't get it. I mean I got it. Like I understood what it was. It was just like really, are we? what it just felt very abrupt and it didn't feel it it felt i felt like the original ending was the one that was earned because nancy just like i i love nancy as a character because she's just like so resourceful so survivalist you like basically like clawed her way back to like life being normal again and then that ending's dropped on us and it's like really though yeah <laughs> like that that's not fair and not yeah. even just an, oh man that's not fair but like narrative wise it's not fair i completely agree that was it's the only thing that i don't like about the movie is the <laughs> ending and i'm i, I don't know the, who the freddy exactly car is funny though too, <laughs> yes say. it is <laughs> and <laughs> the uh the convertible coming up and like slapping on top of the car was like real like all the actors actually reacted like that because they didn't expect it um and then like the really stupid like the mom being pulled in through the door and like the stupid dummy um yeah that part's bad i i have always hated that part and i wish that they hadn't been pressured to do that like i i want to like director's cut type version or something yeah with the original ending that would have been cool especially like all the fucking bullshit she had like oh that's poor girl man (laughs) like honestly (laughs) like she watches one of her friends die 
like well she sees the aftermath and like yeah. yeah that alone is gonna fuck you up and then like her boyfriend dies and her mom gets like sucked into the vortex and it's like <laughs> yeah damn and i guess it's supposed to be like oh it's the false hope that you get in dreams sometimes and it's like oh everything is different and better now and then it changes again but i think that's i think it's dumb i don't like it yeah um, i didn't like it either she does come back in a sequel and i don't remember how like what context she comes back in and then there's also Wes Craven's new nightmare which is uh, you know actually from him and it's like basically this super meta of course because it's Wes Craven um <laughs> version so basically she's like all of the actors are playing themselves and they actually were like filming this movie and like Robert England is there and is friends with her and everything and um because they've like given power to the monster through the script Freddy Krueger becomes real and they have to like fight him off and it's very meta <laughs> I was about to say that's very meta yeah <laughs> that's interesting though yeah I, I want to watch that like I want to watch all of the sequels finally and watch that one because I know that it's supposed to be good um, yeah Sounds like a, it's a cool concept. It kind of reminds me... Uh, now, obviously, the, the, this isn't related to horror at all, but it just kind of reminds <laughs> me of this one book. I forget what the name of it was, but it was, like the premise was like the author's characters are like so realistic that they come to life. Inkheart. Yeah. What? Right? Huh? Inkheart? No, it's not that. It, it was like a mystery author, and like the uh, detective characters come to life. There is a book that was that was a horror thing that was like kind of a parody of Goosebumps. There's an author that's, like, the female R.L. Stein in the book, and the things that she's writing ends up, like, coming true in her latest books. But I'm sure that's not the one you're talking about, because no, it's a very... No, that's not it either. It's, like, some, <laughs> it's like, some obs like this romance novel. Maggie oh. needs an alibi. That was it. <laughs> yeah, that was it. Yeah. <laughs> I just remember, because I can, like, see the cover in my head. I'm like, what does it say in the cover? But that was it. That's a really fun band name. <laughs> that is. That's it. Um, so one of the notes I wrote was uh, the part where she's in the bathtub and like the claw comes up between yeah. her legs. That was a great shot. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely one of the most iconic shots I think of the whole movie. And when she's like warm milk, gross. <laughs> like I knew she wasn't gonna die, but I was like, imagine if those were your last words. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't be upset if they were my last words. I've always thought that, that was it is gross. gross. <laughs> I mean, I guess we drink hot chocolate, and like, if you put milk in your hot chocolate, that's kind of basically the same thing. But, but it's not ugh. just milk. Yeah, even there's... just milk is kind of gross, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah. Um, I never noticed before watching this movie um, that when she gets dragged down, you can like see her boob for a little bit, and I was like, that's kind of weird. I don't like that. Oh, can you? <laughs> yeah, and I'd never noticed it before. I guess because you're like so distracted by everything else that's fucking going on. Yeah, that you I, don't like. See it's it. not. It doesn't feel gratuitous. It's kind of like a side shot, and I yeah. think that it's just kind of like it is something they, that could just naturally happen while yeah, that shit is going on. Exactly. Like it didn't feel like gratuitous. They probably like meant for it to be more covered, and just like that didn't happen with the way they shot it or something. Which yeah. they also constructed a whole crazy set for that, I believe. They had her, like, 
elevated and in a swimming pool and they built the set around it i think or like built the bathtub around it interesting yeah oh something i want to say though too is when this movie started i was like this feels like every single dumb horror movie i've ever made fun of like a lot of the (laughs) horror movies i've seen have been really bad b-movie horror movies that are like Mm -hmm. just bad like there was one i don't even remember the name was it's not important but yeah it started off and that way, I'm like, I'm like, is this really gonna be like a horror classic? Like, I'm not so sure about this. And then, like, it's, it kept going. I was like, okay, I'm into this. I'm into it. I really like this. And I got like really caught up in it. Yeah, you mean the part just like with the friends being picked up in the car? Yeah, and, I was like, this is such stuff. bad acting, and yeah. like this is so dumb. But then <laughs> I was like, I th- oh, okay, I see. I think that it's semi-intentional because again, like, Scream is pretty much an entire movie of that. Yeah. Um of, like, feeding into the horror tropes and then subverting them, kind of, and, like, getting meta with them. Um, so I think that it's, like, semi-intentional at the beginning, for sure. Yeah, like, in retrospect, yeah, it is. And, and also, I like, also... the synth music, too. I was like, oh, jeez. Yeah. <laughs> so 80s. So 80s. Yeah. <laughs> I do enjoy, though, that, like, nobody really makes stupid decisions in this, yeah. except when they're in a dream, and, yes. like, you know how when you're in a dream, like, you kind of know that you're in a dream, so you do, like, stupid stuff in the dream sometimes, so it's definitely more, like, realistic. Yeah, dream and, logic isn't the same. Yeah. Like, the part where Freddy's arms just stretch, and it's, like, kind of <laughs> scary, but also kind of funny, but then yeah. he's, like, coming at her, and, you know. Yeah. You're like, what is, what's going on? Also, like, a thing with dreams, too, is, like, when you're in them, you don't always have the correct, like, responses to everything Yeah. in your head as well. Speaking of, this is actually the perfect thing for to have happened last night, and then us do this podcast today. My dream last night uh. was so fucking horrible. <laughs> <laughs> I had, it was Kathy Bates. I don't know how I knew that it was Kathy Bates within the dream. Like, playing... Like, it wasn't the real-life her. It was, like, she was a villain in Spider-Man. But it was a horror movie. And she was killing kids and getting revenge because her daughter was made fun of or killed or something. And literally, there was a scene in my dream (laughs) where Spider-Man finds a kid crying out for help as he's staking out this crazy lady's shack or whatever so he like finds him and carries him and puts him in this like wheelbarrow looking thing and is like oh no i have to go do another thing wait here you'll be safe and kathy bates flips a switch and it's like a fucking garbage disposal this was my dream and like the little kid died and it was horrible and horrific and i woke up and i was like what the it's an interesting subconscious you have. Yeah. I would love to see Kathy Bates as a Spider-Man villain, though. Are you kidding me? That sounds awesome. Maybe as, like, a less fucking psychotic one, like an actual <laughs> comic book villain, then sure. But, I mean, holy God. Uh, it's probably because I've been watching a lot of horror movies. Yeah, probably. And I just read Misery, so there's just, like, a lot of stuff bouncing around up there, but I don't know. Oh, it was it bad. all just got mushed together. <laughs> it was bad. <laughs> Any dream interpreters in our audience try to give that one a whirl? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, there was a couple other parts of the dream that didn't have anything to do with it, but they still had that, like, sense of foreboding, you know what I mean? I hate that. Yeah, it's always- I really like how this movie plays with, like, the concept of dreams, too, and, like, how- dreams affecting reality in that Mm -hmm. way. And I feel like there's something subtextual or metaphorical to be said about that, and it's, like, on the tip of my brain, but I can't (laughs) quite get there. (laughs) Because I watched this, like, a few days ago. Usually when we do these, I watch them, like, the same day. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I guess maybe just ties into that whole fear of the stuff in your mind becoming real. Yeah. The violence in your mind becoming real and affecting your real life. Yeah. And, like, intrusive thoughts. Yeah, and also that ties into the mom with, like, her alcoholism. Yeah. And, like, the fact that they killed this guy by, like, burning him in a building even though he totally deserved it and how that still affects her years later. Yeah. I want to know if she's been a consistent alcoholic for, like, all 16 years of this girl's life, because the parents are split up. So I'm assuming that it was because of the Freddy thing, or because of the alcohol, or something like that. Yeah, I figured, honestly, that was probably the catalyst for their marriage dissolving, and for her taking up drinking. Because it's also not clear, like, I guess this happened when Nancy was still a kid, and she just didn't know... About the fact that there was a child murderer on the loose somehow. How young yeah. was she? <laughs> there, I guess, was like a deleted scene or a deleted part of the script where, um, I don't know if it was her, both of her parents' kid or just her dad's kid from another marriage or something, um, was supposedly one of the ones that got murdered. Oh. And then, uh, again, like in the remake, they, all of the kids that end up dying were victims of his, like, his pedophilia, basically, and, um, they just, it's all repressed memories, so apparently none of them remembered it, which I feel like if (laughs) that many kids That's a bit too real. (laughs) Yeah, it's a bit too real, and also, like, one of the kids would remember. Like, there's no way to make sure that a kid would repress that, because- Yeah, that you can't control that stuff. No. Um, so I don't think that it's supposed to be a similar thing here. I don't know if- if the kids here had anything to do with it directly, I think that it's mostly because he's trying to take revenge Yeah, that's on what the, the impression I got, is that he's getting revenge on the parents that killed him. That was yeah. what I took away from it. And he's just, like, a creepy child murderer. Yeah. So he wants to murder kids. <laughs> There's no need to, for character development, you know? It's just, yeah. He's a bad guy, let's get him. <laughs> yeah. And, like, I also like how it's not explained how he's able to enter people's dreams. Yeah. <laughs> I, well, I honestly like that that's is. not tried to, tried to explain. You don't need to explain everything. There is the part where they're talking on the, the bridge at Venice Beach, um, her and Johnny Depp, and he's talking about, like, the, the monks or whoever that do the, the dream walking, and, um, like, that's where she gets the idea to turn her back on him at the end and everything. Yeah. Um. So it's, like, kind of explained through that, like, oh, there's, like, a potential for there to be mystical dream things in this reality. Yeah. Yeah. I want to know, I've always been curious about why, why now? Like, why did it start happening then? Yeah. You know. I mean, you could try to explain. I Again, I feel like sometimes you don't want to get too much exposition. 
Yeah, like there's... Like, does it really matter? Not it really. <laughs> I feel like they might try to explain it in the remake, which is just another one of its severe missteps. I kind of want to watch this remake now, just to, <laughs> just to compare the two. Because I, I remember uh, when the trailer, I'm watching the trailer for it, and it was not too long after Watchmen came out, I think, and like mm-hmm. Jackie Earl Haley mm-hmm. plays Freddy. And I was He's... like, I loved him in Watchmen. He was one of the only good things in that movie. And <laughs> I was like, maybe I'll see it, but probably not, because I don't watch horror movies. Yeah, he's not a good Freddy, in my opinion. But I feel like that's because I've just always known Robert England as Freddy. Yeah. And he does such a good job with it. And also the makeup just looks fucking weird. I don't know. It just isn't as good mm. in the new one. There was another part of the new one that I was going to bring up that is stupid and that I hate. <laughs> oh, this isn't the thing that I was thinking of, but they kill a dog. It like, And it's not clear if it actually happened or not because it's like in the girl's dream. But there's no dog in this one. I, When I rewatched it, I was like, I'm pretty sure they didn't fucking kill a dog in Nightmare what on the Street. What is with the killing dogs in modern I, horror movies? <laughs> it makes me so mad. Killing any pet because cats die all the time too and that makes me upset too. I just watched The Conjuring, and they killed the dog, and, like, the little girl finds it, screams, and then they show you the little, like, cross with the dog collar on it, and they never talk about it again. It hasn't affected any of the children, which, granted, like, a lot of other scary things are happening, so, like, they've got other things on their mind, but, like, when my dog died of natural causes, and I'd had her for 16 years, I cried, like, every fucking day. I was depressed for six months. Like... (laughs) That's just, it's just so crazy that you would just be like, oh, the dog is dead, okay, you know? And it's like, it takes a little bit before anything, like, crazy, dangerous starts happening to the kids. So they still have plenty of time to be like, hey, the dog is dead, that's not fun. But they're all like, la di da Like, it literally only serves the purpose of the dog doesn't want to go into the spooky place. So they're like, oh no, it's a spooky place because animals can sense danger. And it's a shock. Like, oh no, they killed the dog. That means bad things are going to happen in this movie. That means it's scary. So and it's also, a like, cheap plot device, basically. Yeah. And, like, dogs are, you know, like family protectors and can sense things. And so if you get the dog out of the way, it's like, oh, well, the dog can't attack, like, an intruder or whatever. But. If it's a ghost, <laughs> it doesn't even fucking matter. Dog can't attack a ghost anyways. If you don't want to have some sort of animal or protector in the family that could like help out and make things less scary, just don't have a family pet or yeah. like a crazy uncle with too many guns or whatever, you know? <laughs> like take that part of the story out yeah, there are if you don't want to have who don't have pets. Yeah, exactly. Like just don't have the dog. It's just stupid. And I know it's dumb to like care about the animals when like people are dying in the movie or whatever but the people at least usually get characterization and like have a point to the story like you don't have to have the pet in the story yeah you know (sighs) sorry rant over it's it's like it's dogs and refrigerators (laughs) basically (laughs) so at the beginning they're all talking about tina's scary dream and she's like i don't want to sleep alone my mom's going out of town you should come stay with me so nancy and glenn are really good friends and go stay with her and they're just like having a sleepover basically and like just sort of palling around and then psycho boyfriend comes and of course his name is rod (laughs) (laughs) yeah 
and so they are doing their thing and whatever but it always like makes me really happy that they're such good friends in this movie because so many times in horror movies people are like you're just being a baby just just go off on your own and do this thing and like they leave the people alone and then something bad happens to them and in this case something bad happens to her even though she's with people like in the house and her boyfriend in the room with her and i think that what's that's what makes it scarier because like none of them can save her but also it wasn't a stupid decision because they didn't leave her alone when she was scared yeah so it's not really anyone's fault yeah for leaving her there also, this this dude just whipping out a knife, just, like, casually, and no one really reacts to it. <laughs> it's like, how often does he do this? Just like, hey. <laughs> Crazy old Maurice. And Johnny Depp is like, oh, it's a yeah. knife. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, I mean. the 80s. <laughs> I think they pretty much assume that he thinks that he's the bad boy, but, like, they're all kind of friends, too, so. Yeah. But still, though, yeah. it's a real knife, guys. Yeah, not great. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of in Heather's when he pulls out a gun and he just gets, like, suspended <laughs> as opposed to, like, arrested and expelled. <laughs> I don't like remember that today. part. Oh, you don't remember? That was the whole thing. That's how his char- Christian Slayer's character was introduced. Like, someone comes over to his table and bothers him. He just straight up pulls out a gun <laughs> and he just gets suspended for a couple days. I guess I don't really. It remember wasn't a it. real gun. It was like a flare a gun one. or something. I think, but like, still, that shit yeah. would not fly today. <laughs> no, that's why they have the zero tolerance shit now. I just don't remember that part because the rest of the movie is so bonkers. Like, oh yeah, it shadows it. I guess. <laughs> when I was in middle school, someone taped a bullet to the wall, and it was a whole big thing. Why? In the bathroom. They they taped a bullet to the wall or something. And, and I don't know why. I don't know how they got it. I don't know if it was even a real bullet or a fake one or a casing or whatever. But someone thought that they were being edgy, but then they were, like, too scared to do anything with it. <laughs> like, it wasn't, like, a gun or something. <laughs> I don't know if they ever found out who did it, but, I mean, it was, it was yeah. like, this big deal. That is sort of, like, threatening, though. Yeah. It's so. not... <laughs> A good thing. I'm sure that it was some stupid boy that was like... Oh, I'm sure. Look what I found. Sounds like classic boy behavior. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I don't know. I never was like, ah, yes, I'm gonna go get the gun out of my dad's closet and show it to my friends and accidentally shoot them. It's gonna be fun. Let's play cops and robbers. Like, (laughs) no. If there is a weapon in your house, the only thing that you use it for is if someone is bursting in and they themselves have a gun or something. Yeah, I don't know. Of course. My sister and I used to come up with very elaborate plans to try to um, overtake an intruder because we uh, we were like, well, we've got the baseball bat and we've got our batons and those are both like really heavy. And then we also have the iron skillet in the kitchen and the chef's knife. So we can go and grab those and like you do this and I'll do this. <laughs> <laughs> it makes it sound a lot creepier. Like we were like really creepy children. But no, it was no, just... <laughs> no, I get it. You we were don't... like, how would we protect ourselves? Yeah. It's not like you're like, how are we going to go out and kill someone? No. It's how... <laughs> no. <laughs> that would be kind of scary. Yeah. No, we, we did not do any of that kind of thing. Oh, speaking of scary... When the green slime and, like, the bugs inside Freddy Krueger, or whatever the hell it was that happened Ooh, when yeah. he got cut in, I was like, oh, oh, no. I mean, the green slime looked a little silly, but, like, the bugs. Yeah. Ugh, oh, God. Ugh. 
uh, one of my worst fears, like, honestly, this is why I want to be cremated. I don't want (laughs) bugs crawling out of my corpse when I'm dead. (laughs) I don't want it. I know I'm going to be dead and I won't know, but it's like, oh, God, it just creeps me out, man. The worm crawls in, the worm crawls out, in your stomach and out your snout. (laughs) I don't remember the rest, but, um, I mean, you might not like to hear this, but luckily with the way that we embalm and entomb people in giant cedar boxes that cost way too much money, it would take probably 20 years for that to even start happening anyways, so. Oh, well, then it's okay. <laughs> I also think that whole ritual is just fucking weird, but whatever, that's just me. <laughs> em- embalming? Embalming and getting, like, these, I don't know, it's just so strange to me. I would prefer to be cremated or, if possible, just buried naturally because you can do that in certain places. Like, it's not illegal. You can literally just wrap someone in a sheet and bury them. You just have to, like, you know, tell authorities and do it somewhere Wild official. Work, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it doesn't look like a crime scene later Yeah, on. yeah, yeah. <laughs> or, like, the, the plants, like, the trees. Oh, the, yeah, like, I remember seeing that one I would also be okay with. Yeah. I'm sure that's extremely expensive, though. Oh, I'm sure. And probably doesn't even work. Like, what if your tree doesn't grow? Ouch. (laughs) Sick burn from Mother Nature. (laughs) Oh, something I don't understand is the fact that Freddy seemed to know stuff that was going on not in the dream world. Like, he knew that, like, so-and-so, what's his face, Rod was in jail, and he made it look like he hung himself. Smart. Very smart. But somehow he didn't realize... Nancy had a whole contraption set up by her door to knock him down if he tried to escape, or that she was even trying to get him out of the dream space, period. Yeah, I would say it probably has something to do with being in in their dreams. Yeah. And, like, I guess she hadn't slept in the meantime, so he didn't have a chance to access that information. Yeah. Like, I, I think that once they're asleep, then he knows... He has, or, like, access. like, if he was in Nancy's dream and she was thinking about the fact that they needed to get him out of jail. Because, like, she... He's being... He's chasing her. And she sees the jail cell, so I don't know. Yeah, I guess that... Yeah, because that, that was something I did think of, too. I'm like, maybe because, like, uh, once he... They're asleep, he has access to, like, their subconscious. Yeah. But she didn't sleep in the meantime before but then she did sleep so how come he didn't have access to that information then yeah it doesn't 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 add up (laughs) it's it's true i mean maybe it's something like he can only interact with something that they're interacting with so the sheets were on top of him i don't know (laughs) yeah i don't i don't know either maybe she thought really hard about not setting booby traps when she went to sleep or something. Maybe. Or it's just a plot <laughs> hole. Yeah. <laughs> just don't think about it too hard. <laughs> yeah. But I do love that she's reading that book earlier and then actually puts all of it to use later yeah. on. And her mom's just, like, passed out drunk. <laughs> yeah, that was that was good setup and payoff. Yeah. And I love my favorite fucking line from the entire movie is like, Go get my dad, you asshole! <laughs> <laughs> The guy that's just like, it's okay, and she's like, like, no. And she's like screaming. (laughs) Yeah. I like that the dad actually, like, tries, like, like he actually kind of believes her, you know? Like, he's not just like, you're imagining things, don't. I mean, it takes a while, but when she's like, just trust me, 
come to the house in 20 minutes. And he's like, okay, all right. Yeah. I mean, I feel like even in that movie, he doesn't, like, believe her. But he's still, like, doing what she asks yes. because he knows it's important yes. to her. Yeah. Which, which is, I appreciate. Yeah, same. As opposed to being like, oh, you wacky kids with your trauma. Yeah. <laughs> Making things up. <laughs> yeah. I think that's one of the things, like I mentioned before, how they go stay with Tita when uh, she's scared. Like, they don't just... Not every character, at least in the movie, just passes up the other person's, like, fear or trauma. They're like, okay, I don't really think that you have anything to worry about, but, like, let's, you know, I'll help you out anyways. And that doesn't happen in a lot of horror movies, I feel like. Yeah. And I know there's, like, the whole trope of, like, the slut, the virgin, and how, like, the slut dies first, so Tina dies first, but I don't, I don't feel like the movie was making any sort of, like, commentary on anyone's sexual promiscuity or not. No, because I feel like it's clear that Nancy and Glenn have also done having stuff. sex. Yeah, yeah, but they just did not that particular night. Yeah, because, because they were, they were like, listen, we're here to be our friend, not to bone, <laughs> so. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, I, I never felt like that was entirely like they definitely all of them kind of fit into stereotypes and like classic horror movies but i don't think that that's all that they yeah for you know yeah i I just because i remember like reading about that before i saw the film and i was like oh god there's gonna be like slut shaming in this movie great Mm -hmm. but i didn't get that sense from it at all and i was relieved (laughs) yeah no i i don't think for what from what i can tell Wes Craven was actually, like, a pretty good dude. Like, I feel like most people really liked him. I don't know anything bad about him. Not saying that it doesn't exist, but I don't know anything. And, like, I feel like most of his movies feature, like, strong female characters that aren't just, like, I'm a strong female. Because I They're punch fully stuff. Fleshed out and for no other reason. <laughs> yeah. Which is what a lot of male males in Hollywood seem to think strong female character means. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, like I said before, I love Nancy. Yeah. She was great. She was really a proactive protagonist. I um, literally wrote that in my notes. Oh my god. <laughs> like, proactive protagonist. I was like, <laughs> I like this movie so much because she's one of the most proactive final girls. She's an active protagonist. Yeah. Like, it she was, doesn't just have was, things happen to her. Yeah, she she's really dynamic, and she's not just, like, sitting by and be like, oh no, what's going on? She's like, no, we're gonna fucking get this guy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna figure this shit out, man. I don't wanna die. I don't want other people to keep dying. We're gonna... Yeah. We're gonna do it up. <laughs> and, like, as soon as she takes that one nap in her English class and she's like, oh, fuck, things are serious. Like, the body bag, which is a great scene. Oh, yeah. And she has to burn herself to get out. And then they make her do the sleep study thing. Then she's like, I'm gonna hide a fucking coffee maker under my bed. I haven't slept in seven days because this shit is serious. I'm not taking any micro naps, which is a thing that happens in the remake and is so stupid. Like, they're literally just constantly falling asleep. In yeah, remake. I remember reading about that, too. Yeah. For the, the remake. It's, which, like, it is a thing that happens. Like, your brain will try to shut down. Yeah. It's just ridiculous in the context of the movie. And it, I don't know. I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> and Nancy in that movie is an extremely passive protagonist. Ugh. And is honestly kind of reduced to not being the protagonist. Like, there's a guy character that goes with her throughout the entire of thing. Of course there is. Yeah. <sighs> how How so. is it that, like, a movie made in the 2010s would be less progressive in that area than something made in 1984. That's crazy. <laughs> I honestly don't know. Like, sometimes I feel like we have just continuously regressed since around that time. It, it's like, so strange. Some of our representation now feels worse than it did 
back in the day. You know, I what feel I, mean? I feel like something that happens that too is like um there's this one book I used to have and then I lost it uh, called the Beauty Myth where it, it explains like especially with women making more strides uh to get ahead like with sexual harassment cases and like getting more power and that causes the society to kind of like emphasize beauty more it's like oh you, like oh you're doing all this stuff and also just to keep you in your pl- in your place you got to do all this extra stuff to make yourself look good you got to get plastic surgery yeah. you got to buy all this makeup you got to do all this other stuff and it it, it it tries to, like, balance the scales to keep women down. In their place, yeah. Yeah. I mean, exemplified by how big the beauty guru... guru what the fuck? Guru <laughs> community is, and how makeup isn't just four products now. It's, like, fucking 20, and they're all expensive. I and, know. Oh, and- if you don't have setter and if you don't bake your foundation and if you don't put lip liner and lipstick and lip gloss on, then you're going out and you're looking tragic. Yeah, and know? also it, it being packaged as, like, empowerment. Yeah, like Refinery29 being like, the 20 newest, most feminist mascaras releasing <laughs> this winter, you know. God. <laughs> Shit pisses me off so much. Listen, yeah. I wear makeup. Makeup can certainly be a fun thing to do. Yes. I don't wear it every day is why it's fun for me when me, I do put same. it on. But yeah. don't pretend like you're making some grand feminist statement by buying some fucking $26 fucking eyeliner or mascara. Yeah. It, it, it's all... Like, you can do whatever you want, but the mere fact of you putting on makeup is not inherently feminist. I'm sorry. No. I'm sorry to crush all your dreams, but it's not. You're playing into beauty standards. Yes, every time, every time you put it on, even if it's just for fun. I don't know, I don't wear it every day because I have trained myself over the past couple of years to actually like the way my face looks without makeup on. Oh, yay. Like, sometimes I'll put some on and I'm like, oh, yeah, like, my face is being moisturized and SPF'd and it also is, like, a more even tone now or whatever. Or, like, I'll do my eyebrows and my mascara, but I don't ever hardly do, like, since we moved to Seattle, I think I've done my makeup really like to the nines maybe three times yeah and I usually like wearing really colorful eyeshadow like I hate that there are so many beautiful colors of eyeshadows and everybody's like "Ooh, just get naked two naked three naked one <laughs> buy this $50 fucking brown eyeshadow palette just yeah, to it's... do the same nude smoky eye look every single day so yeah. it looks like you're barely wearing anything even though you're wearing a ton like it's yeah. stupid it is stupid <laughs> Not saying that a nude smoky eye can't be nice yeah. sometimes, but... I mean, that is know. basically what I do most of the time, just because, like, I don't really know how to do eyeshadow too much, <laughs> so I just kind of, like, stick with the basics. Yeah. But, like, and then it's also like, oh, buy this palette and this palette this palette. I'm like, these colors all look the fucking same. I'm not gonna yeah. buy all these goddamn palettes, okay? And it's and so much money. Like, I is. haven't bought it's makeup so in dumb. so long, and I'm like, I don't miss it i don't miss spending my money on it when like i have so much unused product just sitting Same. around you know yeah um but anyway speaking of, makeup, <laughs> speaking of makeup and fashion choices love nancy's hair oh yes love the crop tops oh love i, I have johnny top. deb's crop top in one of my <laughs> notes i was like fashion icon i mean yes johnny deb is a piece of shit yes. but uh <laughs> i was like nice as far as we know, back then he wasn't. So. Yeah, as far as we knew back then he was not a piece of shit. And this was also his first uh, feature film role yes. as well. Yes. 
had he done 21 Jump Street before this? No, he got 21 Jump Street after this. this I think so, at least, from what I remember reading years ago. It was not too long. I think because this is the thing that put him, like, on everyone's radar. Yes. And I think he got it not too long after this film came out. Yeah, for sure. Um, We were watching it, and Chris is like, wait, who's Johnny Depp in this? And I was like, that's Johnny Depp. And he's like, oh god, what happened? Yeah, that's a good question. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, uh, drugs and being an asshole? And fucking weird goatees. (laughs) Yeah. He was he was definitely a sweet little cutie back then, but yeah, you know. which he hated, honestly. Well, yeah, he, you know what? Yeah, because Twenty One Drum Street turned him into like you know the team beat guy. Like oh man, everyone Justin Bieber type, and he like hated it. <laughs> well, he should have stuck to it because he probably would have been a better person now if he had. So <laughs> fuck him. <laughs> Oops. Um, I want to talk about first of all another thing. Two, two things, I guess. They show us Rod's funeral, which is kind of odd to me because they don't show us Tina's funeral, which is, like, arguably kind of more Much important. more tragic. Yeah, because they thought that Rod was, like, a murderer or whatever. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess it's nice that they're showing that the um, the minister, whoever, I don't know what they're called for each different denomination, um, that he's actually, like, saying nice things because... Almost all of the funerals or memorial services I've been to, the person uh, saying the main, giving the main speech or whatever, has devolved into really inappropriate things. Like, in, like moralizing dis- or... Yeah, like, disrespectful to the to the dead person. That's um, shitty. Yeah. I haven't, I haven't been to any funerals since I was five, so... Yeah. But yeah. I think I've been to two or three... Something I thought, like, she's wearing a blue dress at the funeral, I noticed, as well, which I thought was kind of strange. It was, like, a very, like, a Nancy, she was wearing, like, a a dark navy blue dress and not a black one. Oh, yeah. I didn't know if there was, like, some kind of significance for that. I don't know. That's a good question, actually. I didn't notice that at all. Yeah. I mean, I... No, I don't think I'm misremembering, because I remember thinking in the moment her dress is blue, so... (laughs) I didn't write it down, though. I mean, I don't know. I think that at the last funeral that I went to, I wore, like, a black jacket over, like, a colored top and a black skirt, because I didn't have, like, all black or whatever, and I was like, he'd probably enjoy if some people wore some color, so... I've I've noticed more people wearing color and stuff like that now, but yeah. in the eighties, I don't know. Yeah, and I feel like that would have been considered more disrespectful. Yeah, back then. I yeah, that's interesting. I'll have to look at that again and see if there's like an answer for that later. But also with him, he gets hanged, but he's not up there for very long because they burst in there and they cut him down, and they're like holding his legs up like you were supposed to. I mean, if his neck snapped, th- like immediately then he would have been immediately dead. But from that height, I don't know if it would. I, I feel like it, it must have been his next snap, but like, like Freddy applying a lot of strength to it. I mean, I guess. I don't know. And just uh, in situations like this, it always makes me mad when people don't even like try CPR, because they like take his <laughs> pulse. And I'm like, you would think that if his neck was broken, that they would be like, oh, that's a broken ass neck, you know? <laughs> Or it's just a movie and they just wanted to get the scene over with quickly, I guess. <laughs> I, I <don't> know. know. <laughs> yeah. I also but thought, I, like, the, the sheets climbing up him. Oddly sexual. Yes. <laughs> I wrote that there's, down, like, I'm like, this is kind of kinky. <laughs> yeah. 
there's a lot of stuff I feel like that happened because um, he pre- and I, I know that it's because he's getting them in their dreams and they're usually sleeping in beds but they all die like kind of in a sexualized yeah they do manner, and like or, and Nancy almost does in the tub yeah and I think that that's probably like those implications of what he was supposed to have been you yeah. know I do prefer that sort of thing to just be implied rather than stay out right because you're getting into some touchy territory with that sort of thing. Yeah. And I'm assuming the remake doesn't handle it very well. (laughs) Literally, there's a part where he has her, like, tied down to a bed in a little girl's dress. Oh. And is like, this was my favorite dress on you. Sorry, trigger warning for that. It's gross. It's bad. Yeah. That's not... That shit's not... It's no. And then it, like, it almost becomes, like, not scary in the context of a horror movie. It just becomes uncomfortable and scary and disgusting in the context of the real world, which is, like, not what I want out of a horror movie. No. You know? No. Because a lot of horror is a commentary on stuff that's going on in the real world. Of course, yeah. That is fantastical and can be solved or someone can escape it. I also noticed someone wearing boat... I think Nancy was wearing boat shoes. Boat shoes? Yeah, I liked it. Like Sperry's. <laughs> it's just a weird observation. I also wanted to talk more about a couple more of the special effects. Oh, this is what I was going to say. The remake does the the face and hands pressing through the wall, but they do it in CGI, which is so stupid. Ugh. Because Why? in the original, they just put up like a piece of vinyl or something and it's like actually one of the the one of the crew members like stretching through it and it's a really cool effect and it sounds like a really like fairly simple practical effect and just for that to be cgi'd is just it's i hate it. it it's used as a crutch so much yeah and it seems like especially in that case unnecessarily expensive yeah <laughs> like, like why you can spend just all that money cgiing that scene when there's such a simple solution that can't possibly take much time but certainly take yeah. way less time than cgiing it. it i don't i don't get it just stretch up a piece of spanx and get your grip to go stick his face through it like come on and it's gonna look more realistic yeah Silly. um and the toothpaste stares when she's like falling through and it kind of looks like toothpaste when she's like running up the stairs yeah um it was a mixture of like pancake mix and bisquick i think <laughs> And, or no, Bisquick is pancake mix, sorry. Um, I make my pancakes from scratch. Mm. <laughs> um, Bisquick and oatmeal. Wow. And they, they just, like, covered up the top of the stairs and had it in there so that she, like, ran up it and fell through the holes. Like, through. Interesting. Yeah. And the flaming footsteps, I don't entirely remember how they did that part, but I did think that it was funny. I was reading trivia on it, and... It was talking about that scene and Freddie being lit on fire, and it was like, and they had this stunt guy do it, who is famously known for being set on fire a lot. <laughs> like that's what he does in movies is he gets set on fire so that the other people don't have to do it. <laughs> imagine, imagine that being your job. It's like, what do you do for a living? Oh, I get set on fire. <laughs> it's no. pretty sick. I that's fine. I would like that. <laughs> You'd feel so alive. I feel like <laughs> adrenaline rush. Yeah. Yeah, so you liked this, right? Yes, I really did. Like, it was scary, but it wasn't, like, the kind of scary I'm uncomfortable with. 
Mm-hmm. Um, like, it, like, there's been, like, a couple horror movies I've tried to watch, and just, like, they've all just been, like, too gory mm-hmm. and, like, unsettling in a bad way. But this is, like, unsettling in, like, a good way, and where I was, like, really impressed by the movie. And, like, yeah. I like the characters, and... Uh, it was just very enjoyable, and I got really caught up in it, and I can definitely see why it's such a classic, and why it stood the test of time, for sure. It makes me so happy. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely, uh, definitely glad I watched it, finally. <laughs> Sweet. What what other movies have you tried to watch that you didn't end up liking? Uh, it was like a, I don't know, it was like a couple of Rob Zombie movies or something. I don't even oh. know. Oh, <laughs> I know, I know, yeah, yeah. You not, tried not to go, like, place to start. Um. you tried to get the most intense. <laughs> like, was it, like, The Devil's Rejects or the Halloween remake? I don't remember. It was a long time ago. No. Or, like, I House of a Thousand like, Corpses, oh, no. probably. I also was, like, never into Goosebumps as a kid. I don't know, like, when I was younger, I just, like, I didn't like, I didn't like that sort of stuff, and... I feel like now that, like, I'm older, I'm, like, more open to watching horror films, so I'm excited we're gonna be doing that this month, even if it is only a couple. It might open me up to see more stuff. Yeah, I actually... Especially seeing Get Out, too, uh, really opened me up. Not that... Get Out isn't really, like, super scary in a horror film sense. I mean... It is, but, like... Yeah. It's It's not, like, gory. It's suspenseful, yeah. All the gore happens, like, in the last ten minutes or so. yeah. Yeah, I haven't seen any of the Rob Zombie ones because I've always figured that I would be way too scared of them. But I loved, like, Goosebumps and stuff as a kid. And this other series that was, like, like a really probably not appropriate for the age that it was uh, marketed to. That was, like, similar to Goosebumps, but, like, way scarier. Um. Hmm. <sighs> We're going to do Scream next, which yes. I think you'll also like, because it's also Wes Craven, and the characters are also smart, and it's kind of the same kind of uh, feeling to it in a, in a way, I guess. Nice. Looking forward to it. Yeah. I've been watching a lot of horror movies the past couple weeks. Yeah, you, you, you're starting off Halloween month yeah, early. Yeah, really early. Because <laughs> we're, we're uh, recording this in September. <laughs> yeah, it, it feels, like, beautiful outside. It's been, like, 50s to 70s. Leaves are starting to change. I've never experienced this before in my life. Like, Aww. fall time actually being fall time. I mean, I guess kind of in Tallahassee, uh, you get a little bit more of that, but it's still you get a lot of hot days, too. Yeah. It's been weird here. It's been, like, one day it's, like, 60 degrees and gloomy outside, and it's like, oh, it's finally fall, and then the next day, like, today, it's, like, 80 degrees for no fucking reason, so it's been, it's been a strange start. (laughs) Yeah, that's, that's how it was in Tallahassee. I'm just trying to think, like, I watched The Conjuring, I watched The Lodgers, I watched a stupid anthology movie called Tales of Halloween, yesterday (laughs) um what else have i watched i've watched a couple other things on netflix emily which is about a babysitter and another one i liked emily the conjuring was good but i'm not scared of possession (laughs) i watched a movie called veronica which was also like pretty good but again i'm not scared of possession um and like demons and stuff like that what are you scared of like real things, like axe murders, <laughs> like serial killers, stuff that could actually happen, basically. Yeah, stuff yeah. that because I mean, like I'm not religious, so I don't believe in in demons and stuff like yeah. that. And 
I mean... That's why, like, something like The Exorcist doesn't appeal to me at all, because, like, I've never seen it, but, like, even just, like, knowing enough about it, I'm like, this is just men being scared of women going through puberty. That's That's all this is. (laughs) That is literally exactly it, because there are so many stories of, like, exorcisms and hauntings and paranormal activity happening in homes around the time when the girl in the house is going through puberty and is turning into a teenager, and weird things are happening and whether it's like actually some weird paranormal energy that comes off of women growing up or something or if it's just men being terrified of them and trying to put them in their place which i think is I a feel lot like the of latter horror is movies more likely. <laughs> yeah I, I don't think demons are real i know this is a controversial opinion but <laughs> I mean, I'm definitely, like, I used to kind of believe in, like, ghosts and stuff, and I would say that there's, there might be, like, you know, to get, like, new agey or whatever, there might be, like, energy and vibes. Yeah, and, no, I get what you're saying. like, leftover sensations of people, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think that that's kind of, like, the theory behind a lot of hauntings is, like, oh, something very violent happened here, so, like there is a more powerful, angry presence here. Yeah. And I can kind of understand that. Like, I'm still very skeptical, but, like, I can still see, like, a little bit more lenient with that. But with, like, the straight-on religious stuff, where I'm not religious myself, I can see how that's scary and very real feeling to someone who is religious, and it might be real to them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can definitely... If if you really believe in that stuff, I imagine that would be really terrifying. Yeah, like... There's definitely a lot of unexplained things that have happened in the world, and we're still not able to explain them. It doesn't mean that they're completely explained by paranormal entities or just things that we don't know about yet. Yeah. But either way, like, there is stuff that's happened that, like, people can't explain. Yeah. Um, so I believe in that kind of stuff, I guess. But, like, it doesn't really scare me. Yeah, because, like, I feel like if that sort of thing was really that much of a problem... It would be much more provable and something that would happen a lot more often. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it I guess that's the like same... It would be like a real fear we would all have to live with, like, yeah. every day of our lives, you know what I mean? And I guess that's the same thing as, like, just religion in general. Like, you're not supposed to need to prove it, you're just supposed yeah, to that's believe. Yeah, that's why it's called faith. And, yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. There's no way to prove it, that's the whole point. Um, I do know, like, don't... The only times I've ever really, like, believed in something irrational or anything like ghost, um, I remember there was this one time in elementary school, like, I was on the playground, there was, like, a fence next to the playground that led to the sidewalk, and my grandfather had died, like, years ago, but, like, we were close when he was alive, and he was, like, a huge Mets fan, as is my grandmother, and Uh one day, like, I saw, like, this old man, uh, walking past, looked exactly like my grandpa exactly like him and he was like pushing a stroller and had like two kids with him and I like stopped and stared at them because I was like what (laughs) he looked and he had Mets shit on too he had like the Mets hat he had like a whole bunch of stuff and he was like oh look at the girl and wave you guys and then I just like kept staring he was like okay let's keep going I'm sure it was just like some guy who just happened to look exactly like my grandpa and also happened to like the Mets but it freaked me out so much in that moment I was like oh my god I'm looking at a ghost and I also felt like like when I was younger too in first grade I kind of like I don't know I guess because I 
was, like, told, like, when you're a kid, you believe that sort of stuff, and I was like, oh, I can, yeah. like, feel my grandfather with me or whatever, and then, yeah. we, another weird instance of this, when I was much older, you remember John Ritter, right? Yes. Yeah, I remember when he died and stuff, it was sudden, and yeah. I heard, I vaguely heard about it before I went to go to sleep, and I didn't know what had happened, and then I was, like, trying to go to sleep, and, like, for some, I don't know why, it's not like I was some big John Ritter fan, but, like, I was, like, having, like, this conversation with, like, a dead John Ritter in my head while I was trying to sleep. And he was like, oh, yeah, I died of a heart attack, and I was like, okay, and then I woke up the next morning, and it turned out he did actually die of a heart attack. Oh, my God, that's crazy. It, it is a little crazy, but it's also a pretty safe assumption. <laughs> yeah. And, like, I don't know, it, that was the only times I ever really, like truly experience anything like paranormal like that i would say i've had a lot of dreams that turn like parts of them will kind of turn out to be true and yes like all of these sorts of things i feel like are the human brain trying to explain things and it tries to find patterns naturally yes so that's why a lot of this this stuff happens i think but it is also creepy, like, a lot. I, when I get sleep paralysis, and when I have dreams during sleep paralysis, yes. is when I usually have dreams that tend to come true. And it's not just things that, like, would safely be assumed to have happened anyways. Uh, like, the one time I dreamed that there was a rabbit in the front yard, and I was like, oh, mom, get the camera, I want to take a picture of this rabbit in the front yard. I was looking out the window, and when she got the camera, the rabbit was gone. When I woke up from my nap, my mom was like, I found a dead rabbit in the backyard. So, that's pretty creepy. That is really creepy. (laughs) I mean, like, we had neighborhood bunnies, but, like, not very often, and, like, we never found a dead one before. It was very, very random. And I had a couple other dreams like that, too, that were, like, I don't know. I think it's definitely possible that, like, there's some part of the human brain that's able to kind of, like, tap into something. I don't know yeah. what, but Intuit something. Because I've had stuff like that happen before, too. Not with the exact kind of thing, but definitely with, like, oh, I have a really good feeling, and then, like, I'll get a job interview, you know? like. And it's stuff that, like, you could reasonably kind of assume would might be happen, but it's still kind of a surprise, and you're like, oh, that's what that good or bad feeling was attributed to. Yeah. When my dog died the first, like, year or so afterwards whenever I would go to my parents house because I was at college when it happened so I didn't go there too often um after that and then like for like six months after college I lived with them again but every time I opened the door I was like Scully is going to be here to greet me and feel her and it was always a surprise that she wasn't there and that's just because like she was just there for such a long time that, like, I don't know, maybe she left some, like, energy of herself, yeah. or maybe it's just because my brain was so used to that happening. Like, sometimes I would even, like, be going to the bathroom or something, and I'd swear, like, the door would nudge open, because, like, she used to, <laughs> she's a very nosy dog, and Aww. would just, like, nose the bathroom door open and, like, come in and, like, sit next to you when you're going pee or whatever, or, like, in the shower, <laughs> and she'd, like, lay in the shower when you were in there, and you'd have to step over her, or, like, to try to dry off, because she just wanted to be with us all the time. Um, so, like, I don't know, it was definitely weird. Um, but I again, feel like I feel also, like it's explainable. <laughs> I feel like also with dreams, too, like, our subconscious mind processes things we don't even, that we even know it's processing, mm-hmm. and so that kind of feeds into the thing of, like, your dreams explaining things that have happened in real life. For sure. Yeah. And, um, I, I definitely had a lot of instances of deja vu and that sort of thing. 
Me so, too. I don't, I don't know, man. I mean, I, I'm, like, a very rational person, but I'm perfectly willing to admit there might be shit that's spiritual shit I don't know about. Yeah. <laughs> it's possible. I'm not yeah. ruling it out. Like I said, I'm a skeptic, but uh, up to a certain point. Because, like, you know, I like astrology. <laughs> yeah, it, astrology is fun. It's like, are our personalities dictated by stars in the sky? Probably not, but it's still, <laughs> it's still fun to look at. Yeah. And even, like, like, even with that stuff, too, I feel like stuff like that and, like, Myers-Briggs or whatever, it's helpful, and tarot cards are helpful as tools to help you figure out what's going on yes. in your life and how you feel about things. Yeah, because depending on where you are, you can read something and frame it to, to fit you. Yeah, exactly. And fit whatever situation it is that you're in. Yeah. So, I want to play a game. Yay. We're <laughs> playing games on the podcast. Yeah. And it's not Saw games. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually not ever seen the first Saw. I have seen part of the second one. And the fifth one. I have no interest in the Saw movies. That's the that's the kind of stuff I don't See, like. <laughs> the funny thing is, is like I always said that too. But the first one is more of like a slow burn, suspenseful yeah. thriller. Yeah, that's what I've heard. Which as is well, so but definitely all the sequels. No. Yeah, they're they're pretty much torture porn. Yeah. They are. Thing. Some of them I don't think are as bad as I perceived them to be when they first came out. Like, there's definitely like still a really convoluted story but a story <laughs> weaving throughout them and i mean the first one has was so that's nice yes <laughs> <laughs> um so first we're going to do a couple of trivia questions and it's okay if you don't know any of them because this is kind of just like i will not but let's <laughs> do it anyway <laughs> yeah all right so which horror movie was directed and scored by the same man like a popular one. I, there might be other ones that have. <laughs> oh god, I feel like I know this though. <laughs> I feel like you're gonna say it. I'm gonna be like, oh, of course, but I I don't know what is it. <laughs> I'll give you his name first. Okay, it's a hint. John Carpenter. Oh god, I feel like I'm gonna know this. Oh, <laughs> uh, I, uh, I don't know. I'm I'm not cheating. <laughs> I just got my head in my hands trying to remember. <laughs> I I don't know. Halloween. Oh yeah. See, he actually did the soundtracks for a lot of the movies that he yeah, made, I, I guess. Yeah, when you said John Carpenter, I was like, I remember reading that he did soundtracks. Yeah. I could not remember which film. I think that's so cool, though. That's it is. A, I love that, like, the horror genre specifically has so many people that just love doing so many different parts and being yeah. part of so many different aspects of the filmmaking. Yeah, because horror, I feel because horror is so psychological that, like, mm -hmm. you wind up pouring more of yourself into it. Yeah. All right, so next one. Which horror movie has the tagline, who will survive and what will be left of them? Uh, is it Saw? Nope. No? It is... It's got that word in it. Uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> it's got the word Saw in it. <laughs> I don't know. The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh. You made me think Saw was its own word in the title, and I was like, uh. Okay. <laughs> like, we saw them from Is over the hills. Does this just make Jackie look like an idiot time? <laughs> no. No. Um, this, these are probably a lot of questions that a lot of people don't know the answers to, I'd assume. Okay. Um, what is the festival Halloween is based on called? Like, we call it Halloween now. Oh, but All Hallows' was... Eve? Or... Yes, but also something else. 
Don't know that either. (laughs) (laughs) It's spelled S-A-M-H-A-I-N, but it's pronounced Samhain. Yeah, I never would have gotten that. (laughs) Never. The other two I could have gotten, I never would have gotten that one. (laughs) Yeah. It's something that, like, I I only know from, like, witchcraft stuff, and um, my favorite Halloween movie is Trick or Treat, and they mention it in that movie. (laughs) Um, so this one is really hard, and I think it is kind of up for debate, but what is considered the first slasher movie that started the trend that's not Psycho, because apparently some people say Psycho, but, like, only two people die or three people die in that movie, so. See, the thing is, I think of movies, I don't know when they came out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so think I don't know of, which like, which would be first chronologically. Think of, like, late 70s, I believe. What? Um... So, like, before Elm Street. Yeah. Um, yeah, because I was like, it has to be something from the 70s, would have been my guess. Um, I'm, I know this isn't right, because it was already an answer, but Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> <laughs> I think that it is one of the, the ones up for discussion. Yeah. And a Halloween is also. But a lot of people attribute it to Black Christmas, which came out before those. Wait, really? That was the 70s? Yeah, there oh. was an original Black Christmas that they remade. Oh, um, that's why. On. I was like, wait, <laughs> I remember that coming out like... <laughs> yeah. And it okay. was like one of the first like um, unseen at first slasher character that makes their way through a whole cast of characters, basically. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. And so this one, you will get Will Who I? <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> Who played Freddy Krueger in the original and the remake? Well, the remake was Jackie Earl Haley. Mm-hmm. And then I, I fucking forgot his name. <laughs> I said it earlier. I know you said it earlier and I forgot it. So it I is, guess I only get half a point. <laughs> the first name is the first name that you know a lot of people with this first name. Rob. Yeah, Robert. Okay. <laughs> and then the last name is a country, except spelled differently. <laughs> uh, it starts with a B, right? No. No? All right, then I'm, I don't know. <laughs> Robert England. Okay. <laughs> uh, see, I just, I I was even saying this to a Rob last uh, couple of weeks ago. I had the memory of a goldfish. <laughs> you said it, like, what, less than an hour ago, and I didn't remember it. Oh, it's okay. I actually kind of tried to say it a little bit quietly like when I was saying it because I was like oh that's a question later <laughs> giving away the game yeah alright well so, I feel dumb now <laughs> <laughs> now we're just gonna do like a fun thing okay There's this one's gonna be like a long episode but everyone's gonna have to deal with it because I really love A Nightmare on Elm Street and also we're just gonna do fun stuff for a whole month of October Yeah. so, so I made up a Mad Lib and I made Chris test it out and so <laughs> I never actually fixed some of the errors that I found. Good job, Lita. <laughs> but we're going to try it. All right. I'm just going to do this really quick. I don't know why I did this to myself. I made it a little bit too much like a story and not just like a short little blurb. <laughs> All right, so here is the Mad Lib that Jackie and I just put together. We're going to cut out the the arduous process of filling in the blanks because um, it will be boring for you guys to hear. So here's the finished product. There is no title. 
Let me try not to laugh. Okay. <sighs> it was a lovely and funny night. Rosemary wanted out to go out to a Halloween prom, but was supposed to babysit her brother. Rosemary was sitting on the couch eating Snickers and pasta when she heard an awooga at the door. <laughs> Rosemary answered the door to see Chris standing there. Oh no, said Rosemary. You smell like pine. What happened to you? Chris looked panicked and came into the bathroom. There's a basilisk outside and it wants to jump me. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> oh no, Rosemary said. I'll fly it. <laughs> Just then, the basilisk baked through the door. <laughs> it screamed the cupcake. <laughs> it drove. Did that work out so well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it drove there, smelling like book, and had light bulb dripping from its foot. <laughs> Sing! Shouted Chris. Rosemary kissed into the kitchen and grabbed a phone. <laughs> It was too late. The monster ran on Chris, then said to Rosemary, I am become duck, eater of swords. <laughs> <sighs> Rosemary shouted, You'll never laugh me alive. <laughs> the monster chewed on a fingernail stiffly and said, You probably taste like sock anyway. And then, <laughs> and then the monster turned to leave, but not before shouting, That's too much, man. <laughs> wonderful <laughs> that was fun that was a yeah. oh my god chris's um one of the parts of his was i am become dog eater of cats <laughs> <laughs> i think i want to make a new one for each podcast i was gonna say uh, you're doing like a new one for each one right <laughs> yeah and then i have another like kind of game, more like a Q&A session with your hosts uh, that's all like related to Halloween that I want to do in, in probably the last one that we do, because I think that will come out the day before Halloween. Yeah, yeah, that comes so. out the day before. Very good timing. Yeah. Okay. So, this has been the Why Haven't You Watched That podcast. I'm Lita. I'm Jackie. Thank you for joining us for a very spooky episode. Bye! Bye!